Welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello there, friend. I hope your day is going well. Today, we're going to be chatting all about estrogen dominance because this is something that is affecting so many people and very few people actually know about it. So I'm sure you've heard about hormonal imbalances, but I think a lot of us don't actually understand what hormones we're talking about and what the imbalances actually are. So if you experience PMS, period pain or heavy periods, you may be experiencing the effects of estrogen dominance. Estrogen is one of our sex hormones and estrogen dominance is referring to either high levels of estrogen or high levels of estrogen relative to progesterone. So you may have normal estrogen and low progesterone and that is also estrogen dominance. If you deal with any of those symptoms that I just mentioned, I know they can feel really difficult to address. But if you actually balance out your hormones and bring those estrogen levels back down to a good place and support progesterone levels as needed, we can often significantly reduce or get rid of these symptoms altogether because symptoms are messages from the body that something is out of balance. And in this case, the imbalance is excess levels of estrogen. So I'm going to talk you through some of the signs of estrogen dominance now. So I already mentioned heavy periods and painful periods and PMS, but this can also include irregular cycles, water retention, headaches or migraines, particularly when they pop up before your period is due or during the start of your cycle, fibrocystic breasts or fibroids, weight gain, mood swings and hair loss. And there are other signs and symptoms of estrogen dominance, but those are some of the main ones. So what actually is estrogen? As I mentioned before, it is one of our sex hormones. So it's mainly produced in the ovaries, but small amounts of estrogen are also produced in the adrenal glands and the fat cells as well. You might be getting the impression that estrogen is a terrible thing and we want to get rid of it altogether. Now, that is not the case. We also need to have some level of estrogen because it's got important roles as well. So we need it for the development and maintenance of female reproductive organs including the uterus, fallopian tubes, and vagina. Estrogen is also involved in the menstrual cycle and it fluctuates throughout our cycle. And its role in the cycle is to stimulate the growth of the uterine lining and the release of an egg from the ovaries. It's important for bone health as well, so it helps maintain bone density and strength. And it helps to prevent the loss of calcium from the bones, which can lead to osteoporosis. And it also helps maintain healthy blood vessels and to regulate cholesterol levels in the blood, which can reduce the risk of heart disease and stroke in women. So it's not all bad. As you can see, estrogen is important. It plays a lot of important roles, but it's when it becomes imbalanced and we have those high levels of estrogen or excess levels of estrogen relative to our progesterone that it becomes problematic and can cause these symptoms. So how do you actually know if you have estrogen dominance? In this case, I definitely go by the motto, test, don't guess. This is my frustration with standard hormone balancing supplements because without testing, we don't know which hormones actually need balancing. 
So testing is really, really important. There are a few different options for testing your hormones. So you can start with a blood test and that's going to be bulk billed through your doctor. So that's a great option if you are in Australia. So you want to test estradiol on day three of your cycle. And then seven days after ovulation, you want to test estradiol again and progesterone as well. Because as I mentioned, that estrogen and progesterone really work together. So we need to know what is going on with both of these hormones. So obviously the blood testing is a great option because it's free if you're here in Australia or it's affordable if you're elsewhere. However, for hormones, I do prefer either saliva or dried urine testing. So you can do a hormone profile, which is a saliva test, and that shows you how your hormones fluctuate throughout your cycle, which is really great. So this is called a 28-day female hormone profile. Or you can also do a Dutch test, which uses both saliva and dried urine, and that shows us your estrogen levels, but it also shows us how well your body is actually detoxifying estrogen, which is really helpful as well. So as I mentioned, I do prefer either the saliva or dried urine testing or both, but the blood testing is a reasonable option as well. The most important thing is that you do test to identify what is going on if you are experiencing any of these symptoms so that you can make sure you're on the right track in terms of the recommendations that are going to be appropriate for you. A quick message from me to let you know that right now I have spaces available in my four-month one-on-one nutrition programs. If you're struggling with bloating, constipation, food sensitivities, or other gut-related symptoms or conditions from anxiety to endo, I would love to support you. In these programs, I help you to get to the root cause of your symptoms in a realistic, sustainable way. You'll get personalized nutrition, lifestyle and supplement recommendations and online messaging support in between sessions to get all of your questions answered and make sure nothing gets in the way of you getting results. Head to frandargaville.com or the link in my Instagram bio to learn more or book a free phone chat with me. Okay, back to the episode. So what actually causes these high levels of estrogen in the first place? They're actually quite a large number of things that can contribute to high estrogen. And that's why it's so prevalent and such a huge issue for so many women. First up, diet. So consuming a lot of processed foods, sugar, refined carbohydrates, all of these things can lead to estrogen dominance. Poor gut health is a big one as well. So our gut actually has a community of bacteria called the estrobolome, which can actually regulate the metabolism of estrogen. Gut dysbiosis or imbalances in your gut can actually drive this estrogen dominance. Some other gut-related causes of estrogen dominance include constipation. So we want to be having regular bowel movements because in those bowel movements, that is, you know, essentially waste product. So we're actually getting rid of excess levels of estrogen by going to the toilet, by having those regular bowel movements. So when we're not doing that, when we're tending towards constipation, that excess estrogen can be reabsorbed into our system and go into circulation and drive this estrogen dominance. Poor liver function is another big one as well. So the liver plays a really important role in metabolizing hormones, including estrogen. So if the liver isn't functioning optimally, estrogen levels can increase and that causes estrogen dominance. Stress is another big one and lack of sleep as well. And we also have xenoestrogens as well, which are basically individual chemicals that mimic the behavior of estrogens. They're found in personal care products, 
pesticides, plastic water bottles, the lining of cans, they're really found in so many different things, which is why we want to look at our lifestyle and going low tox and ditching the plastics and all of that, because that constant exposure can drive these excess levels of estrogen. Another cause is a lack of ovulation, which causes low progesterone, which can lead to that relative estrogen dominance. So you definitely want to check in on that because that ovulation is really a sign of health. And especially if you are looking into your fertility as well, you definitely want to be looking into that and confirming that you are actually ovulating. Excess weight is another big one as well. So fat cells can actually produce and store estrogen. So excess body fat can lead to higher levels of estrogen in the body and insulin resistance as well. And also hormonal birth control and HRT. So I know that was a lot. There are lots of different potential causes that can drive estrogen dominance. And this whole process can take time in terms of peeling away the layers of the onion to figure out what is at the root cause of your symptoms. But really, this is just the holistic approach to health. It's something you can work on over time and you can see shifts along the way as you go. Now that you have a sense of what estrogen dominance actually looks like, what that involves, you might be wondering how you can actually overcome it. So I'm going to walk you through some strategies now for addressing excess estrogen. So firstly, you want to understand whether you just need to lower your estrogen levels or whether you also need to boost your progesterone levels. So as I mentioned, testing is really important here to figure out what's actually going on. And I'm just going to focus on the estrogen side of things here because low progesterone could be a whole podcast episode in itself. So I will be sure to do a future episode on that for you as well. There are plenty of foundational strategies that can make a really big difference when it comes to estrogen dominance. So I'm going to cover some of those for you now, and then I'll mention, you know, what is involved if these sort of key pieces aren't really moving the needle for you. First up, you want to support your gut. So I mentioned that estrobolome and that is super important and it's just so foundational to our health, the balance of our hormones and specifically our estrogen levels. So I'm sure you have a pretty good idea of how you can support your gut if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, but prebiotics are a big one. So if you eat just a variety of fruits and veggies, you're going to be ticking that box. But more specifically, things like onion, garlic, leeks, artichoke, all of those things can be really great. And what prebiotics do is actually feed the beneficial bacteria in your gut and they can support that estrobolome. Fermented foods are great as well. So things like sauerkraut, kefir, good quality yogurt, all of these things that can support the balance of bacteria in our gut as well. Anti-inflammatory foods can also be really beneficial for our gut as well. So fatty fish are great here, things like salmon or sardines or mackerel, or there's also the supplement form like cod liver oil or a really good quality fish oil as well. We also want to address constipation. So we want to be having between one and three bowel movements every day, and those bowel movements should be complete bowel movements. So you should feel satisfied and empty afterwards. I know that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> a lot of people find it, you know, quite strange when I mention that. And then when they actually think about it, they say, you know, oh, okay, yes, I am having these complete bowel movements or maybe not so much because you could be having three bowel movements a day and that looks good on paper, but they're not actually feeling, you know, satisfying or complete. And that's really important in determining whether you may be constipated or maybe not so much. 
So you can address that constipation by making sure you're having enough fiber. So around 25 grams of fiber a day and also staying well hydrated as well. And I do have some episodes on constipation too. So if you feel like you need specific support with constipation, then you can go and check out those podcast episodes. And remember why we want to address constipation is because that excess estrogen is getting flushed out in our poo, essentially. So we want to be making sure we're having those regular bowel movements to flush out that excess estrogen so it doesn't accumulate in our system. You also want to make sure that you're addressing any gut infections or digestive dysfunction. So beta-glucuronidase is an enzyme that can be produced by our gut bugs. And what this does is it actually reactivates inactive estrogen, which means that estrogen that should have been, you know, circulating in its inactive form to be basically excreted from the body is then reactivated, which then leads to estrogen dominance. And dysbiosis or imbalances in our gut microbiome can increase the production of that beta-glucuronidase, which drives the estrogen dominance. So we really want to make sure that we're addressing any gut infections because this is really taking that root cause approach to looking at what is driving that estrogen dominance. So testing your gut is a great option here. You can do something like the GI map to figure out what's going on in your gut and addressing that. You know, that is really a root cause approach. And with people with hormonal imbalances, I often actually start in the gut because I find that addressing the gut has a huge impact on our hormones versus just starting with the hormones. It's a little bit more like the cherry on top or the icing on the cake. It's not necessarily going to be as impactful as it would if we started by addressing what's going on in the gut. I hope that makes sense. The next thing to consider is your liver. So our liver is super important for detoxification and specifically in this case, detoxifying and metabolizing excess estrogen. So supporting your liver isn't just about taking liver detox supplements. We also want to take some things out in order to support the liver. So we want to really minimize anything that could be causing a burden on the liver, like alcohol, pesticides on our food. So organic produce is great here. Chemicals in our cleaning and personal care products and also certain medications. So obviously I realize you can't just go and necessarily stop all of your medications, but it's good to just be aware that certain medications may be impacting your liver. And then we want to add in liver supporting foods and supplements. So dark leafy greens are really great here, whether that's kale or spinach or broccoli. Beetroot juice is another one or beet kvass, fermented beetroot juice. And liver is another really great one as well. So when I say liver, I'm referring to the organ form of liver, which you can consume as pate or you can get in powder form or capsule form. And it's pretty interesting, right? Because that organ supplement actually contains the nutrients that the liver needs to function optimally. So that can be a really great way to support your liver. Sleep and stress management are also super important for addressing estrogen dominance. So aiming to get that seven to nine hours of sleep a night and focusing on your sleep quality, and then also focusing on stress management. So getting your movement in, spending time in nature, doing things like EFT or breath work or meditation or whatever really helps you wind down and relax. And we spoke about those xenoestrogens that can impact our hormonal balance. So we want to go low tox, basically. 
So we can, where possible, go for organic meat, veg, fruit, all that kind of stuff to reduce your exposure to pesticides. And we also want to look at our personal care products, makeup, cleaning products, all of these kind of things that contain xenoestrogens and go for low-tox options. And I know that's a lot. Don't be overwhelmed by that. You can just make gradual swaps. So maybe you run out of your toothpaste and you swap it out for a better option. And then the next week you run out of your deodorant and you swap that out. So you can just make those gradual changes. Or if you are really struggling with estrogen dominance, then it might be worth going out and making, you know, as many changes as you possibly can. But it is, as always, most important that it's sustainable and something that you're actually going to stick with and not just get overwhelmed by. So step-by-step is totally fine. Another biggie here with those xenoestrogens is also plastics as well. So are you using a plastic water bottle? Are you using plastic containers to store your food? Can you swap out your containers and your water bottle for glass or non-toxic options that aren't going to impact your hormonal balance? So all of these foundational pieces with the diet, the gut, the liver support, the sleep, the stress management, going low tox, all of these things have a massive impact, but the impact of those changes can take some time. So when my clients are really struggling with estrogen dominance, I'll essentially guide them through a personalized targeted liver detox. This isn't the kind of detox that you're going to find on Instagram or anything like that. It's really about supporting optimal liver function, having plenty of fiber, hydrating well to ensure that your body can metabolize this estrogen. And this is something that we do over the process of usually a few weeks at least. And this is when we see really big shifts in those estrogen levels and it can be an absolute game changer. But this definitely isn't the kind of thing that you want to DIY. So that's why I really only offer this in that one-on-one setting because you really need to detox in a safe way. But I did want to mention that because I just want you to know that that is a possibility. And there are also specific supplements, things like calcium deglucurate and DIM that can also really help with this as well. But definitely high quality we want to go for. And as I said, again, I sound like a broken record. We do want to just test and ensure that you are addressing this in a targeted way and you actually know what's going on. So I hope you found this helpful. I'm just going to recap quickly on those foundational strategies to help you overcome estrogen dominance. So first up, supporting the gut with prebiotics, fermented foods, anti-inflammatory foods. We want to address constipation, make sure you're having plenty of fiber and hydrating properly, and also address any gut infections or digestive dysfunction, which could be contributing to that estrogen dominance as well. We want to support the liver. So getting rid of anything that could be impacting liver function, like alcohol, pesticides on our produce, chemicals in personal care and cleaning products, and certain medications as well. And we want to add in liver supporting foods and supplements. So dark leafy greens, beetroot juice, and liver organ meat as well are all really helpful. We want to look at sleep, stress management, non-toxic personal care products, and we want to ditch the plastic as well. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me. You can just send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram handle is just my name. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you shared it with a friend, took a screenshot, shared it on your Instagram stories. It really helps me reach more people. And this is my mission. I'm really into the podcast and I'm loving creating these episodes for you every single week. And if you've shared in the past, thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate it. 
Have an awesome day and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at frandargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.